Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Somebody say, God is good and worthy to be praised. Amen. God is good and he is worthy to be praised. Good to be in the house of the Lord one more time. Amen. I count it a great privilege to be in the house of the Lord. And it's always good to come together. The Lord says to fail not to assemble yourselves, especially when you see the day of the Lord approaching. And so we know the return of the Lord is approaching, and he wants us to come together as much as we can as his return come close. There must be something about when we come together. You know, we preach a lot about coming together and so much about what does that mean, but I think there's some things there that we we probably don't understand and probably have not even come to know uh, what transpire when we all come together. So if he says, fail not to assemble yourselves together, especially as you see the day of the Lord approaching, there's so much more probably that's going on within that text that it's, it's vital that we come together as much as we can. So it's good to be with you. Good to be in the house of the Lord. We welcome all of you that have uh, joined us online, our online congregation. Amen. Welcome to Thursday night Bible study. If you will stand with me, we're going to go before the Lord in prayer. And let's just take a moment to talk to the Lord. Um, I don't know about you, but I can say for me, there's been a whole lot of um, a whole lot that's been transpiring. And so um, whenever there's a lot that's going on, you are challenged uh, to to uh, use your ability to deal with things or kind of pause and take your sweet time talking to Jesus and let him direct you. That's a challenge. I don't care who you are, uh, whatever you're doing in ministry, when there's a lot that's going on, you're going to be challenged how you handle it because sometimes we have the ability to handle it. And so our first instinct is to just go ahead and handle it. But at the same time, it's a lot that's going on. If you keep going like that, you can be worn out. And when you get worn out, you never make good decisions because you're just doing it because, you know, whatever, you know, satisfy you the quickest. And that's what you normally do. And so the best way to handle a lot of things that's going on is to just say, oh, 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 slow it down and just take your sweet time and just have good communication and fellowship with Jesus. And so we're here tonight to have good communication and fellowship with Jesus. Will you pray with me and just ask God to help us tonight and ask God to just bring us to a place where we can hear what he's saying and give us direction. So the voices and the things that are asking for us to respond to them, we will just be in tune with the Lord and know what to do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we are gathered together one more time. And Lord, we are gathered together, oh God, under the banner of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is not we that made ourselves and we're not here, Lord God, on our own accord. We're here, Lord God, seeking you. We're here, Lord God, obeying your word by assembling together. We're here, Lord Jesus, because we desire to be in fellowship with you, to commune with you. We're here, Lord, 
because we need instructions from you. We're here because we want to grow. And Lord God, we want to know and continue to fulfill our purpose in you. Lord Jesus, tonight we ask that you will forgive us of our sins. For Lord, so much of our sins are sins of omission. We have omitted to do the things that we're supposed to do. And Lord, we ask that you will be merciful and that you will forgive us for omitting to do the things that we ought to do. And Lord God, for the things that we have committed that, Lord Jesus, are against your word, against your will. I pray that you will forgive us. Be merciful to us. For Lord, we're here tonight that the mind which be in Christ Jesus will work in us and through us, Lord God. We want truly, Lord Jesus, to experience your presence. We want truly tonight, Lord God, to be, oh God, touched by you in a special way. We truly want to have communion with you. We want your word, oh God, to speak expressively to us, almighty God. Lord, you know all of the needs that are in this house and those of us that have come together, Lord God, via online. You know every one of our needs, almighty God. And so tonight we're praying and we're asking, Lord God, in the name of Jesus Christ, that you will show us what we ought to do, that you will guide us in the way that we must go and allow us, Lord God, to leave this place tonight knowing that, Lord, you are and you have fulfilled the need that we have. Father, I pray that you will open up your word to us tonight. Let there be revelation and understanding, Lord God, in the word of God. I pray that if you will, Lord God, you will do something special in the midst, that you will do something miraculous in the midst of this congregation, wherever we are, whether it's here or online. But God, allow us to experience you in a special way. Allow us to experience your presence and your power in a glorious way. Allow us, Lord God, to be so in tune with you tonight. And, oh God, be in your presence in a way where, God, we will just bask in your presence and worship you and adore you and allow you, oh God, to have the preeminence and allow you to do just what you want to do. Tonight, Lord, I pray that you'll help us, Lord. Wherever we are, we need your help, Lord God. Whatever you want us to do, We appoint us, Lord God. However you want to work in us and through us, Lord, we say have your way. Have your way, for we surrender to you. Have your way, for we submit to you our will. Have your way, Lord God, that your will may be accomplished in us and through us. Have your way, O great God, for we don't want to leave this place tonight the same way we came in. But, Lord, we want a real sweet encounter with you. We want a divine encounter with you. We want to experience, Lord God, closeness with you tonight, Lord. Will you hear us, almighty God? Will you hear our cry? Will you see our hearts tonight and know, God, we want more of you. We want to be in your presence. We want to be, oh God, able to be in a place with you where we can hear what the Spirit is saying unto us oh my god oh jesus help us tonight lord god we want to be led of your spirit lord 
Will you place us in the flow of your spirit? Will you align us with your purpose? Will you align us with your purpose, Lord? Will you align us with your purpose, Lord? That we're led of your spirit, Lord God. That we will not give place to our flesh. That we will not give place to the devil, Lord. But that the spirit of God will have preeminence. But that the spirit of God will constrain us in righteousness. But that the spirit of God, oh God, will manifest fruitfulness in our life. Oh God, have your way tonight. Have your way tonight, Lord God. Have your way tonight. Will you stir up the gift of the Holy Spirit that is inside of us? Will you stir, oh God, in us that, Lord, we will be consumed totally by you. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, help us. Jesus, help us. Jesus, speak to us. Jesus, touch us, will you, almighty God. Oh, God, we want to be the church that you want us to be. Oh, God, help us to be the church that you want us to be. Help us, almighty God, to be, oh, God, that part of the body that you placed us in the body to be. In the name of Jesus Christ, oh, God, we humble ourselves before you. For we want you to work in us and through us to bring honor and praise unto you, oh, great God. Have your way. Have your way, have your way, have your way. Let your peace that passes all understanding consume us. Let your joy flood our soul in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lead us in the path of righteousness for your name's sake, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Lord, whatever we need tonight, let it be so, Lord. We want to have what we need tonight. We want to have what we need tonight, Lord. Oh, glory, hallelujah. Lord, I pray that you will guide this study tonight in all your ways. I pray that you will lead us, Lord. Let it be the will of God and not the will of man that is done here tonight. Let it be the will of God and not the will of man, oh God, that will be done here tonight, Lord. Lord, I pray that you will touch me, Lord Jesus, and allow me to be in the flow of your spirit, Lord. Allow me to speak as your oracle in the name of Jesus Christ and touch our hearts and our hearing, Lord God, that as you impart to us what you will, we will receive it with gladness. We will receive it, Lord, that it may take root in our heart and grow and produce good fruit. We love you, Jesus. We thank you tonight, Lord God. We thank you tonight, Lord God. We pray for those, Lord God, that need strengthening, that you will strengthen them. Every one of us that are here tonight that needs strength, Lord God, in the spirit, will you strengthen us, Lord God, for our families, our friends, and, oh God, our brothers and sisters in Christ that need strengthening tonight, will you strengthen them? For those that need healing tonight, will you heal them, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ? For those who need direction, Lord, will you give them direction? tonight in the name of Jesus. For those who need blessings tonight, will you bless them, Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I bless your name. I bless your name. 
You alone are worthy of the honor. You alone are worthy of the praise. There is none like you, Jesus. You are the great I am. You are the everlasting Father, the wonderful counselor, the lifter up of our heads, our kingsman redeemer, the source of our strength, Lord. You are our everything. You are Jehovah Jireh. You are our provider, Lord. Where will we be without you, Lord? You are the source of our strength. You are the breath that is within us, Lord. We are nothing without you. Without you, Lord God, we don't exist. And so we ask, oh God, that you will consume us and do what you want in us. Overshadow us, Lord God, with your presence and your power. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Jesus, 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 wonderful Savior, glorious God, Jesus, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, Jesus, oh God, you're glorious, you're magnificent, you are our keeper, oh Jesus, have your way, Jesus, have your way, thank you for your goodness, thank you for your strength, oh great God, thank you for your blessings, Lord, thank you, Lord Jesus, for giving us just what we need, when we need it, Lord God, thank you for deliverance, Lord, for Lord, no matter what our situation is, No matter what's going on in our life, you are our deliverer. You are our deliverer. You delivered us from sin. Oh, God, when you called us into your kingdom out of the darkest world, Lord God, you delivered us, Lord God. And, oh, God, we know that whatever deliverance we need here tonight, you will deliver us, Lord God. We know, almighty God, that you have sustained us. You have brought us a mighty long way. And, oh, God. God, we're here tonight because you have kept us. Oh, God, you have protected us. And, Lord God, we're so grateful. We're so thankful, oh, great God, because we're here tonight, Lord God. We know you'll never leave us nor forsake us, Lord. And even though, Lord God, we may feel sometimes that you're not present, that sometimes we can't feel your touch, that sometimes, almighty God, we're not hearing your voice. Sometimes we don't know what to do, but God, we settled on your word. You said you'll never leave us nor forsake us. You said you are our God, that you love us with an everlasting love. You are our Savior, Lord God. You said you're coming back for us. And oh God, we look forward to those things. And so God, though, yea, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil, Lord. We know you are with us, Lord, for we know no weapon formed against us will be able to prosper, that God, you will defend us, that God, you are our shield, our buckler, our exceeding reward. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. The name of the Lord is to be praised. 
praise. Oh, Jesus, we worship you. Oh, Jesus, we adore you. Oh, Jesus, we are grateful for you, oh, God, choosing us. And for you, Lord God, loving us. We're grateful, Lord. We're grateful, Lord. We're grateful, Lord. We're grateful, Lord. For there is none like you, King of kings, Lord of lords, the glorious one, the great I am. For there is none like you, oh great God. There is none like you, my Lord. We lift our hands to thee, oh God. We lift our heart, oh great God. And we say, have your way. Have your way. Somebody let him have his way. Somebody let Jesus have his way. Somebody let Jesus do what he wants to do. For there is none like him. There is none like him. There is none like Jesus. Oh, Oh, God, will you allow your spirit to be as the wellspring springing up in us, refreshing us, restoring, renewing, oh, God. We allow the Holy Spirit to be that wellspring, that wellspring. We need a refreshing. We need a renewing. We need a moving of your spirit. Spirit. We need your power to work in us and to work through us. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. Direction, Lord, direction, Lord. You said the steps of a good man are ordered by God. You said your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Will you lead us, oh God? Will you guide us, oh God? Wherever you want us to go, we will go. Whatever you want us to do, we will do. Oh God, have your way in us, Lord God. Order our steps. Sweet Jesus, sweet Jesus, sweet Jesus, sweet Jesus. Ah, ayayaboshiyalamasikatalamasoyotoyayama. I bless your name, O oh great God. I bless your name, Lord Jesus. I praise your name, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. Oh, God, I thank you. I thank you tonight, Lord. I bless your holy name. Oh, Lord, there is none like you. There is none like you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, my God. Hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I praise your name. I praise your name. I praise your name. You've been good to us, Lord. You've been good to us, Lord. You've been good to us, Lord. Nothing compares to you. 
Who is like the Lord for there is none like Jesus? Who is like the Lord for there is none like you? None compare, Lord, none compare for there is none like you, Jesus. For there is none like you, Jesus. Oh, we love you. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we praise your name. We praise your name, Lord. We praise your name, Lord. We praise your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. It is so worth it to just take your time and just look to him. He is so good to us. He is so good to us. If you have your Bible, or you want to look on the screen with us, or you want to use your device, turn to Daniel chapter 2. Daniel chapter 2. We'll go from verse 1 through 16. Maybe I can get you to read with me all 16 verses. (laughs) Hallelujah. We started our series last week on transforming your community. And we said that all of us have different communities that we're a part of. And if you're truly a believer, a man of God, woman of God, then you understand that God has equipped you to be the difference in your community. Whatever that community is, God has equipped you to make a difference. And sometimes we allow our surroundings to dictate to us, and that's not God's will. God's will is that greater is he that is in me and he does in the world. And we need to allow God to dictate what needs to happen around us. So he that is in us can do what he wants. And so we just got to let God be God in our lives. So the community, the atmosphere around us will be dictated by him and not by anyone else. Hallelujah. And so let's look at Daniel chapter 2. We'll start in verse number 1. You want to read with me or you want me to read by myself? Amen. Praise God. I appreciate that. Thank you, Lord. We got some words in there that's challenging. Just keep flowing if you don't, you know, if you can't say the word, it's, it's okay. It's okay. Just keep reading. We'll get to the end, okay? Daniel chapter 2. We'll start in verse number one. Are you ready to read? Let us read. And in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams wherewith his spirit was troubled and his sleep break from him. Then the king commanded to call the magicians and the astrologers 
and the sorcerers and the Chaldeans for to show king his dreams. So they came and stood before the king. And the king said unto them, I have dreamed a dream, and my spirit was troubled to know the dream. Then spake the Chaldeans to the king in Syriac, O king, live forever. Tell thy servants the dream, and we will show the interpretation. The king answered and said to the Chaldeans, The thing is gone from me. If ye will not make known unto me the dream with the interpretation thereof, ye shall be cut in pieces, and your houses shall be made a dunghill. But if ye show the dream and the interpretation thereof, ye shall receive of me gifts and rewards and great honor. Therefore show me the dream and the interpretation thereof. They answered again and said, Let the king tell his servants the dream, and we will show the interpretation of it. The king answered and said, I know of certainty that ye would gain the time, because you see the thing is gone from me. But if ye will not make known unto me the dream, there is but one decree for you. For ye have prepared lying and corrupt words to speak before me, Till the time be changed. Therefore tell me the dream. And I shall know that ye can show me the interpretation thereof. The Chaldeans answered before the king and said. There is not a man upon the earth that can show the king's matter. Therefore there is no king, lord, no ruler. That asks such things at any magician or astrologers or Chaldean. And it is rare thing that the king require it. And there is none other that can show it before the king except the gods whose dwelling is not with flesh. For this cause the king was angry and very furious and commanded to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. And the decree went forth that this the wise men should be slain and they sought Daniel and his fellows to slain. Then Daniel answered with counsel and wisdom, and Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, which was gone forth to slay the wise men of Babylon, he answered and said to Arioch, the king's captain, why is the decree so hasty from the king? Then Arioch made the thing known to Daniel. Then Daniel went in and desired of the king that he would give him time And that he would show the king the interpretation. Jump down to verse 25. Verse 25. This is the final verse. It says in verse 25. Then Ariok brought in Daniel before the king in haste. And said thus unto him. I have found a man of the captives of Judah. That will make known unto the king the interpretation. Amen. You did great. Hallelujah. You may be seated. You, you're really in Bible study tonight. A lot of reading, right? We're studying the Bible. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit tonight on this topic, gifted for greatness. Gifted for greatness. The, the lessons I, big idea, I guess we can call or say that though we live in a world that is unfriendly toward our faith in Jesus Christ, 
We must act in faith and operate in the gifts God has given us. Right. So we live in a world that no matter how much they try to be acceptable toward the, the, the things of God is just not that way, because unfortunately, we're just people that want to do what we want to do and have things our way. And so the deal is, as a people, we go with the word of God, whether we're saved or unsaved. We go with the word of God when it fits the narrative that we are trying to live by. But as soon as the word of God goes against our narrative, then we don't agree with it or something is wrong with it or the Bible isn't true or the preacher not saying the right thing. And so we say these things when the narrative of the word of God goes against what we want. So at the end of it, the bottom line is our world is unfriendly toward our faith. If you have faith in Jesus Christ and you trust him complicitly, trust me. No need for you to start thinking about how you can make others feel good. Because what we tend to try to do is we want to feel acceptable or we want others to not be offended. So as we try to live out the word of God, the Bible, we try to live it out. We, we try our best not to offend. We try our best to make it acceptable. But the truth of the matter is, no matter how much you do that, there's going to be a time where the folks that you're trying to make acceptable to your life are going to be offended. It's just that way. So love people real hard. That's what I tell you all the time. Love them real hard. So when you live out this word, all they can say is, well, you know what? He really believes his God. She really believes her God. That's what we can leave them with is let them see how much we really believe and have trust and confidence in our God. When we love them real hard and when we're doing things that they don't agree with, at the very least, they will be able to say, well, you know what? They must believe this wholeheartedly because every other time, you know, when they're when I'm having dealings with them, I feel their love. I experience their love. So it must be something that they're really strong in faith about. And that's why they do the things that they do. And so let's look at some some of what we just read, kind of look at it and see what we can pull from it uh, regarding. You notice how this king was. <laughs> remind me how. Listen to me. We just read about this king. He's an evil king. Nebuchadnezzar. He's an evil king. And watch his attitude. If you figure this out, I'll heap upon you honor. I'll give you what you need. But if you don't, I'm killing you, cutting you to pieces. Not just killing you, cut you to pieces and destroy your homes. That's his deal. So when you see that kind of attitude coming from people, you do what I want you to do, and if you don't do it, I got a problem with you. Just think about this guy, Nebuchadnezzar. It's not a good way to live your life. It's not a good way to be that you put stipulations on people that the only way you will treat them good is if they do what you want them to do. It's not a good spirit, not a good attitude, not a great character to have in you because this is coming from an evil king. That's not the way we're supposed to handle business. Because I read the scripture and my God says 
the Bible says, my God says, I loved you while you were yet sinners. You know what that means? It means even when you weren't agreeing with me, even when you weren't doing what I wanted you to do, I still showed you love. That's our God. So if we find ourselves behaving like Nebuchadnezzar, we need to go and pray and say, God, that's not a good attitude. I don't know where it's coming from, but I need you to deliver me because that's an attitude of Nebuchadnezzar where I'm only going to treat you good if you do what I want you to do, what I want you to do. But if you don't do it, oh, the wrath is coming. Not a good way to behave. So Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon had a dream so terrible that it woke him up right and 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 the problem was he couldn't remember his dream you got to realize all of this none of this was happening without the lord's doing God is doing things all the time. He's allowing things to happen. He's working things out and we have no clue. We just think that's just the way it is. No, God is doing things. And so God caused this king, not so good king, to have a dream that escaped him. So he woke up and tried to remember the dream, but couldn't remember it. All the work of God. Trying to remember the dream. Couldn't remember it because no matter how much evil surrounds you, no matter how much uh, uh, problems come your way, challenges come your way, at some point in time, God is going to step in and handle the business. I don't care what's going on in your life. I don't care how much problems you have. I don't care if it seems like everything is coming apart and things are just wrong. I'm here to tell you tonight, at some point in time, God will step in and handle the business. So all I want you to do is just keep on going no matter how hard it is. All I want you to do is keep on trucking along no matter how challenging it is. Just know that when God is good and ready, he's going to step in and handle the business. He knows why he's going to step in at a specific time as opposed to the time you want. Oftentimes we want God to step in when we want him to, but he's got a plan. You don't have a plan. All you want is to be comfortable. All you want is for things to be good. You don't have a plan, but God has a plan. And what God's plan is, he's working it out. And so he has to do everything in a way he wants to do it. All those years, Nebuchadnezzar running the show, having all of these astrologers and all of these people at his beck and call, telling them what they need to do. You know, they make and tell him what they want him to hear. And he's, you know, and he's going on with all of this nonsense for many years. And then God said, enough is enough. Let me let this thing play out now. He's going to get a dream and I'm not going to let him remember that dream. He's going to call for his people to come and tell him, about the dream and they won't be able to tell him either because I've stepped in. Hmm. He wanted his wise men to tell him the dream huh. and the meaning of the dream and they could not. They had motivation for trying to figure out the meaning of the dream because when somebody tell you, if you don't tell me, I'm going to kill you. That's enough motivation. But they still couldn't come up with the dream. 
So that tells you how much God was in control. In desperation, they said, there is not a man upon the earth that can show the king's matter. Therefore, there is no king, lord, nor ruler that asks such things at any magician or astrologer or Chaldeans. So you know how it goes when, when it gets really tight for you. You start saying, come on, you're being unreasonable now. That's what they were saying. Come on, like, like, what are you talking about? You're asking something that nobody can do. Mm-hmm. They were telling the truth, but King Nebuchadnezzar didn't care. They said, it is a rare thing that the king requireth, and there is none other that can show it before the king except the gods, watch this, whose dwelling is not with flesh. Scripture says every knee will bow and every tongue. Every, listen, we got to realize that the God that we serve, whose name is Jesus, the one and true and living God, his name is Jesus. Almighty God manifest in flesh. We got to realize that everything will bow and confess that he is the true and living God. So all the fronting and all the faking that's going on by all the soothsayers and all the sorcerers, whoever they are, all of them know who the true and living God is. It's a sad situation when we believe sorcerers and soothsayers, when they even know the power of God is real and what they're operating with is something fake. Even they know. And so here they are. They're just faking us out. Well, not me, so I'm not in there. But they're faking the world out, making the world think that they have power. When in truth, they're like, we're going to work this as much as we can to the very end. Because they know when God steps in, they will be exposed. All of them know it. And if you're crazy enough to believe all these fake things that's going on, you'll see later, sooner or later. It was fake. Furiously angry, the king commanded all the wise men of Babylon to be destroyed. That included Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were going to be destroyed. They were going to be destroyed too because they were considered wise men, even though they weren't following uh, uh, false gods and, and sorcerers. They were men that were considered wise, right? And so. They were all going to be destroyed. And so this, this Arioch, this captain of the king's guard, went out and, and told Daniel, Daniel, you heard that, 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 that the king is going to kill everybody, including you and your boys, if nobody can find out what his dream is? Then Daniel returned, when Daniel learned the reason, Daniel asked the king. Daniel went to the king and says, hey, what's the haste? Give me some time. And I'll tell you what the dream was all about. But this I like. Watch this, church. Then Daniel returned home and told his three friends what was going on. He wanted them to help him desire mercy of God and for God to reveal to him what the king's dream was. 
So here is what Daniel did. This is why it's right all the time when we bring it to the church to pray. Daniel went to the king himself. What's going on, king? Well, Daniel, there's a dream that I have and I can't get it, blah, 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 blah. And Daniel was like, all right, let me go and return. Give me some time here and I'll tell you what the dream is all about. Daniel didn't go back and pray on his own. Daniel went back and talked to his boys and said, yo, if we don't get this dream thing together, he's going to kill us. So we need to seek the Lord to find out what King Nebuchadnezzar's dream was all about. And so that's what they did. It reminded me of this scripture. Matthew chapter 18, verse number 19. The Bible says, again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of the father which is in heaven. So Daniel wasn't in the New Testament. But Daniel knew if a couple of us that believe our God, that have faith, will agree on the same things and seek God for it, God will speak to us. That is encouraging, Stacy. If, if we are, this is why it's important to come together and be together. Because when we're together, we normally want the same things. When we're unified, we're seeking the same things. And so when we go to God and say, God, here is what the situation is. Will you speak to us about the situation? God will speak because this scripture tells us where two or three are together, touching and agreeing, touching and asking anything of God. He will do. Yes. That's the scripture that come after that that says, so where two or three are gathered in my name, there shall I be in the midst of them. And, and, and remember, I tease you a little bit and says, we use that scripture out of context all the time because we say where two or three are gathered in my name, there shall he be in the midst of them. And that's really not the way it was meant to be interpreted because if you have the Holy Ghost, God is always with you. So you don't need another person to come alongside with you for God to be with you. God is with you. He said, I'll never leave. So if you have the Holy Ghost, God is always with you. What he's saying is when two or three of you start praying about the same thing because you want the same thing, I am right there with you trying to make sure it happens. Not trying because God don't try. He just make it happen. So when you think about two or three coming together, it's about praying for the same thing. Not about is his presence with us. If you have the Holy Ghost, God's presence is always with you. Now, when you come together, two or three of you, and you're agreeing, praying for the same things, you expect God to do what needs to be done. And so that's what Daniel and his boys started praying about. After a while, God gave Daniel a vision of Nebuchadnezzar's dream. <laughs> the vision revealed the dream. Daniel reported this to Arioch who hastily took Daniel to the king, like the assortment of the pretenders. Daniel said, the secret which the king had demanded cannot be revealed. Look at Daniel. When God speaks and you want to go talk to the people that don't know God, you got to boast a little bit. You know, remember Elijah? Elijah did boast in case you, you know. But it's okay to brag on God, boast in God. It's okay, okay? And so just like Elijah was, you know, flaunting the stuff of what God was doing. Here come Daniel. God spoke to him. And so Daniel went to the king now, right? And, and, and Daniel said, the secret which the king had demanded 
cannot be revealed by wise men, astrologers, magicians, or soothsayers. So Daniel made sure he went and chopped up the king's people. Listen, what you want to know, translation, what you want to know, your peoples can't give it to you. Translation, what you're trying to find out, all those imps you got all around you trying to do all this stuff for you, can't do it. But guess who can do it? But Daniel did not stop there. He continued. But there is a God in heaven that revealeth secrets and make it known to the king Nebuchadnezzar what shall be done in the latter days. So Daniel knew he heard from God. So he wanted to make it to where the king realized what I'm getting ready to tell you. My God just revealed that to me. Your soothsayers nor any of your magicians, they couldn't tell you. But when I went to my God and prayed, me and my boys prayed together. And guess what? My God revealed your dream to, to me. And so now I'm going to tell you what it says because my God is a God that reveals secrets and dreams. So Daniel strutted stuff around the king's palace probably. Uh-huh. Listen to me. There will always be frauds who pretend to have special supernatural gifts enabling them to put people in touch with their deceased loved ones, to foretell the future, to reveal secrets, to heal the sick, to provide the winning numbers of the lottery for a price. These people practice a variety of trickery, like cold reading, to give the impression that they have special insight. All the people that we're going to, not we, but people are going to, to get readings and 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 and, and get numbers of who are going to win the lottery and and all of this stuff. I'm here to tell you, there's a trickery to it. I was I was watching SVU one time, and a guy pretend to can tell what's going on in your life, and so he sat down. One of, one of the criminals sat down and he started telling them stuff in their life. And so the detectives that's watching him say, how's he doing this? All right, watch me go in there and kind of, you know, change up the, my expression so he can't read me. And they went in and he read them too. So finally they brought a doctor that understood that kind of thing. And the doctor said, listen, these are called cold readings. And these people know body language. They, they, they know how to read you and watch you. And so the way you might sit, the way your throat moves, everything, they have studied these things and they can start to say things, put it out there. And they put stuff out there. And as soon as you respond a certain way, it cannot, you can respond the best way you think to lead them from what you think you want to lead them from. And they will just pick up, okay, I got them. I just said this and they responded this way so I know what to say now. You don't even know that, that people study these things. And when they do it, you go back and say, please, I know there's a God, but I'm telling you, I went to this reader and he read everything. Okay. I hear you. Those readers, they know it's a God. Those readers, they understand that the all-powerful, all-knowing God is the one with all power. And they just trying to hustle your money. They just trying to survive by taking your money. And they know their days are numbered. 
And I, I believe some of them are saying, just like how some of us sin and say one day we'll get it together and live for God. I believe some of those soothsayers and some of those readers are saying the same thing. I got to do this to make some money. But one day I'm going to stop doing this and go serve the true and living God. And you are listening to them. Oh, they know they have to go and serve the true and living God one day. And so they're just trying to hustle up some money. All these people. They can't know the true. Power of God while they're in that realm. Nebuchadnezzar's dream illustrated the fakery. I don't know if you ever heard that word. The fakery of those who practice curious arts. What they attempt to do is to mimic the genuine work of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> All of these people are trying to tell you the future. Listen, isn't it interesting that they know all of that and they're broke? Why would they still be doing that if they knew all of what they're telling you? Let's just think about that for a minute. If they really knew all of what they're trying to tell you to believe, why would they even be doing that? Why would I waste my time if I had the power to know how to get rich and become a billionaire? Why would I be doing that? I would just become a billionaire and not do that. And then on top of it, you never went to any reader and you went to a mansion that they own. Storefront. They rent a room from somebody. I mean, what's going on? If you really know what you're doing, you would tell me, come to the mansion and show off your mansion. Say, yeah, I know so much that I'm able to, you know, read stuff and make money. And this is my mansion. I got another one over there, another one over there. But obviously, you're not that good because you're barely making it. The gospel is the message about miraculous events, people. That's where you're going to see and experience the the miraculous is in the preaching of the gospel. The message of the gospel will be confirmed with signs and miraculous things. If you go in the Bible and begin to read in the book of Acts, you will hear how much they talked about Jesus. And every time they begin to explain the life of Jesus Christ, the miraculous would take place. The power of God will fall because the gospel is what causes the signs and wonders and miracles. We don't have to go to no soothsayer or no sorcerer or no reader to get no power to be demonstrated. Preach the gospel and Jesus will do the work of miracles because he's the miracle working God. In Mark chapter 16, verse 17, the Bible says, and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Shall they cast out devils? They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up in heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. It's the word of God, the gospel message that we preach. So when someone is sick and they said, I'm sick, what am I going to say? Because Jesus uh, was whipped 
39 times on the cross, he took those beatings that one day when we needed healing, we would be healed by his strife. And so I would say, according to the power of the name of Jesus and the authority of the word of God, by his stripes, be healed. And I'm speaking the word of God, and that's how you get healed. It's not by soothsayers. It's not by any. It's by the word and the power of God is how we see the miraculous. Woo! Ah, Yalabaha. Oh, I dare somebody to 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 to, cha- to challenge God. I dare somebody to put God to the test. Uh, that's what we need to do uh, is put God to the test so He can show you He is the all-powerful God. He is the miracle-working God. He is the one that delivers. He is the one that saves and sustains. If we will put Him to the test. We worry about putting God to the test because we feel like, what if he doesn't do it? If he doesn't do it, is that on you or on him? Think about it. D, if we, if, if, if we put God to the test, say, God, I'm sick in the body, but you took 39 stripes, uh, and your word says uh, that if we pray the prayers of faith, uh, that you will hear us. And so we begin to pray the prayers of faith, and you don't get healed, whoever we're praying for, who is at fault? We can't heal. So it's never our issue, but somehow we back up because we, in our mind, are thinking that if someone doesn't get healed, it's something we're not doing. You're not that good, sister. You're not that good, brother. God heals when he wants to heal, then he heals whoever he wants to heal, and you have nothing to do with it. Uh Uh-huh. It just comes to our attention and we bring it to his attention that by faith, Lord, we would like to see them heal. And he determined if he wants to heal or not. Uh huh. How many times we've said, uh, Cheryl, sometimes some people healing is God saying, come on home. I'm bringing you to heaven. We want them to be healed and be around us. And God is saying they have finished their course. They kept the faith. What else do they need to stay down there for? Let them come and be with me. You just want them to be with you because, you know, I know you love them and you want to see them, but they don't need to do anything else down there. They just need to be with me. So sometimes the way God heals people is by just bringing them on home to him. And we don't like that. And we don't call that healing. That's our bad. That's our bad because God is going to heal people the way he wants to. And if they finish their course, they kept the faith. You can pray till you're blue in the face. If God said they finished their course, it's time for them to go. It's time for them to go. You don't determine anything after that. Uh, but, 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 but when he does that, we don't like that. Because we can't help ourselves. We like to feel like we're in control. But I, I, I hate to burst your bubble, church, but the bottom line is, remember I told you Sunday, when you surrender this life to Christ, you repent of your sins, uh, you get baptized in Jesus' name, uh, and you begin to live a holy and righteous life, you are no longer the shot caller of your life. Jesus is the shot caller of your life. You can get saved and still be the shot caller in your life. I'm just telling you. And that's where a big struggle is for many Christians because they still think that getting saved, they're still supposed to be in charge. No, you're not in charge. What you're doing now is living your life according to the word of God. Uh-huh. 
So he becomes the shot caller. You're not the shot caller. And guess what? Anyway, if you know, like I know, it is so much better for him to be the shot caller in your life than you to be the shot caller in your life. It is so much easier. It is so much better. It, it, you will have less stress in your life. When you let Jesus be Lord of your life, you will have so, your stress will be way down. Trust me when I tell you. Stress will be loaded way down when Jesus is Lord of your life. But if he's not Lord of your life, your stress is high. Because in this day and age, it's, it's high stress time. You live in this hour, stress is at an all-time high. I'm sure suicide is at an all-time high. Why? Because stress is at an all-time high. And the way to bring that stuff down is to make Jesus Lord of your life so you turn it all over to him and say, boss, you call the shots here and I'm done with it. The Lord says, let him fight your battle. What battle you got going on in your life that you're trying to fight? It's going to stress you out. Let him fight your battle and you won't be stressed out. Help us, Holy Ghost. Even before anyone was baptized with the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost and, and, and since then, Jesus gave his 12 disciples power against unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of diseases. He told them, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. Later, he appointed another 70 people, sending them out two by two with the commandment to go heal. Mm -hmm. After fulfilling their commission, the 70 returned to Jesus, rejoicing with the words, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through the name of Jesus. So when you go in the name, and that's the authority because the name and the word is synonymous, and you can go and you will operate in authority when you're under the banner of Jesus Christ and he's Lord of your life. Jesus answered them when they bragged about even the devil is subject to us. Jesus answered, I gave unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you, notwithstanding this rejoice. He said, Jesus said this though, notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. So Jesus wants us to know what you think is a big deal, small thing to him. Small thing. He says, what's most important is that heaven will be your home because I've already equipped you and placed you in a position to have authority over all things, all devils, all the, 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 the witchcraft and sorcery that goes on. You have authority over all that stuff. Yes, you do. The big idea here is that we must act in faith. And operate in the gifts God wants us to use. The gifts don't belong to you. They belong to God. They are called the gifts of the spirit. Not the gifts of man. The gifts of the spirit. And so while we read in the scripture that says that God has given some the gift of this and given some the gift of this. It's basically God is working through all of us who he wants to use in a certain way. And what he will do sometimes is he might use 
uh, the same gift through you frequently. And so you become familiar with it. Don't mean it's yours. It just means he chooses to work that gift through you oftentimes. Don't go claiming it because it didn't come from you. It's his gift. And he just happens to work it through you quite frequently. But it's not yours. So when you hear people say, I have the gift of this and I have the gift of that, don't don't correct them. But you know to say, okay, God uses them quite frequently in that area, but it's not theirs. But, uh, you know, I let them think it's theirs. You know, we walk around. I have the, I, I, I'm a prophet. God can use anybody to prophesy anytime he wants, because, again, it's the gifts of the spirit. And so the spirit determined how he wants to work through us at times. And so let me close up here and finish up. Every spirit filled believer is equipped to be used in the gifts of the spirit. Every spirit filled believer is equipped to be used in the gifts of the spirit. Why? Because it's the Holy Spirit that causes these other gifts to operate. So without the Holy Spirit, the other gifts do not operate. So if we have the Holy Spirit in us, the Holy Spirit can allow the other gifts to operate in our life. Listen, we need to start becoming familiar with what God wants to do in us and through us. God will use all of us in a special way. He will allow his gifts to work in us so we can be great. Not for us to walk around and say, look at me, I'm great. But so he can get the glory from what he will do in our lives. God wants to work his gifts in us and through us. But we're just, I don't know, sometimes we dismiss that part of our spirituality, of our relationship with God. It seems like sometimes we just dismiss that part because sometimes what we don't understand, we just leave alone. But in God, you cannot understand something and still pursue it and say, God, I don't understand it. But will you reveal it to me? Isn't that what Daniel did? Isn't that what Daniel did? He didn't know Nebuchadnezzar's dream, but what he did, he went and pursued God and said, God, I don't know Nebuchadnezzar's dream, but will you reveal that to me? And so God revealed it to him. If it's going to bring glory to God, you need to ask God to reveal what he needs to reveal to you. But you've got to make up in your mind and in your heart that you want whatever God does through you, it will bring glory to God. I'm going to challenge you tonight and tell you, if you're dead set on giving God glory... If you're dead set on saying, God, I'm going to glorify your name. If you're dead set on saying, I want God to be magnified, glorified among men, I guarantee you, if you say, God, work that gift through me, I guarantee you he will work the gift through you because you want him to be glorified. God's desire is that the whole world be saved. That's his desire. He allowed all of that stuff to transpire in Egypt. So one day Egypt would have known the true and living God. God's desire is for the whole world to be saved. So if your desire is to give God honor, is to glorify God, then God is ready to work through you and in you. But you have to first ask yourself, is this like a lust kind of thing for me? Because lust don't always mean sexual stuff. Lust is wanting stuff for your own satisfaction. Not not for the glorification of God. And so if you want God to be glorified in what you're asking, you will see it. You will see it. But if you want it, 
because you want people to look at you as being special, you're going to be waiting a long time. You're going to be waiting a long time. God wants you to be in his plan. And God wants to work his plan through each and every one of us. He really does. This is why he has given he is giving us gifts or he is working his gifts through our lives because it will it will allow people to come to know who our God is. Look at Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar came to the place where he realized Daniel God is really the almighty God. That's where he came. Daniel God is really the almighty God. So when you stop and look at where it started, it started from the place of God wanted to show these sorcerers, these witches, these people that are soothsayers. <laughs> oh, man, I'm finished. But, but here is what I want to always get through to us. And I believe that we're getting there. This church is wonderful. But a lot of Christians are not there on this. We think because they're soothsayers. We think because they're idol worshipers. We think because they do wrong that they need to pay. Or they don't count. Or God want to wipe them off. I mean, these are Christians that think like that. And I, 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 I just don't understand how people don't get it. That everything God does is for people to know who he is and turn around and change their behavior and get saved. So all these soothsayers and sorcerers and all these magicians, all the nonsense that they were doing in God's way of seeing things, they're ignorant, they don't know. And so I have to get their attention by revealing myself to them. I will use my children and work through my children at times so these people that are lost and deceived so they can come to know who I am. But we, we want to kill them. We want want to wipe them off. And God is saying, no, 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 no. If they lose out on eternal life, it will be because they came to a place to know who I am. I revealed myself to them. They got the revelation. They understood who I was, but they still choose or chose to go in their own way. That's where God wants to get every person is a place where they will determine and decide if they're going to follow him or not. It's up to them, but God will do what he has to to reveal himself so they can make a conscious, informed decision that's what God is after so these magicians and soothsayers and this idol worshiping king Nebuchadnezzar all of them that was in that time in Babylon we can call our world Babylon today all of them all God wanted was to reveal himself to them he wasn't trying to show them up he wasn't trying to let them see that they're nobody all he wanted them to know is who he is And when they come to know who he is, they can make an informed decision as to whether or not they will follow him, obey him, and make him Lord of their life. Because if they do, they will have eternal life. They will have a blessed and abundant life in Christ. If they do, but if they don't, not like Nebuchadnezzar do. God didn't do this. God never said what he will do to us if we don't follow him. He says, what will happen to us if we don't follow two different things? 
Because what's really happening when you don't follow Christ is you have chosen your way and your destruction. God is not coming behind you trying to destroy you. You chose that way, so whatever comes with that way is what's going to happen to you. But the devil and the evil kings, when you don't do what they want, oh, they deliberately seek you out to destroy you. Who do you want to serve? Who will you follow? Who will you obey? Who will be Lord of your life? I think it's a no-brainer. I think there's nothing to talk about when it comes down to who's Lord of your life, who will you follow, who will you obey. It's a no-brainer. It's nothing to think about because when you think about the, the, the gods of this world, when you think about the people that are trying to make themselves great, they want you to do what they want you to do. When you don't do it, they want to do you in. You don't do it, they'll do you in. And some people might not be soothsayers. They might not be magicians and sorcerers and all that. But people, unfortunately, when you don't do what they want, they try to hurt you purposely. That's a spirit of the devil. That's a spirit of Nebuchadnezzar that when someone don't do what you want, you're trying to figure out a way how to get at them. Uh-huh. I broke it down a little bit more. Uh-huh. People don't want to do what you want them to do. It's their business. It's not for you to try to make them do what you want. Children, yes. Adults, they have to choose what they want. Because not even God make adults do what they don't want to do. He places it before you. He says, it's up to you now. You're an adult. I've given you a sound mind. You can make a decision on your own. What do you want? It's up to you. And if God is not twisting arms to make you serve him shame on us when we're trying to make people do what we want them to do shame on us it's not of god it's not of god you're gifted for greatness you just have to make sure the greatness that god wants to work through you is for his glory and not so you can look good among people not so you can say look at me not so you can feel good about yourself God wants to use you because you're gifted for greatness so people could know who God is and that they can be saved. Let's stand. We can transform our community by allowing God to use us to be great. We can transform our community by let, letting God use us to be great. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you. We bless your name. We give you honor. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, blessed be your name. We have some guests with us tonight. And before we pray in dismissal, we just want to acknowledge and honor our guests tonight. Amen. We have, let me count, one, two, three, four, five. Five, a whole family of five. So we have um, Jerlene and, and, and Richard and Malcolm. Uh-huh. I, I'm, I don't think I... Chavez? Okay. Okay, what's the other one? Maisha? All right. We welcome you to Christ-centered church. Let's give them a hand.
on the card we said, are you a guest of? And they put nobody. You know what that means? The power of God. Has nothing to do with us. <laughs> That's all that is. The power of God. Right? That's just how God works. Well, we welcome you to Christ Center Church. We're so glad that you were able to come by tonight. And if you don't have a church home of your own, we want you to consider making this your church home. On Sundays, we have two services. One starts at 9 a.m. and the other one starts at 10.30 a.m. So if you'd like to be here on Sundays, either the 9 a.m. or the 10.30, whatever one that works best for you, but we'd love to have you. And on Saturday evenings at 6.30, we have our um, corporate prayer. Our services are live streamed uh, every Thursday night, Bible study live stream um, Sunday morning the 1030 services live stream and even our prayer on Saturdays are live stream and we have a whole lot going on in this church so if you're looking for a church that's on the move that God is doing some great things in we'd like for you to consider becoming a part of Christ Center Church thank you for coming and we'd love to get a chance to talk to you before you leave Let's pray before, after we pray, we'll, we'll fellowship after we pray. You'll talk to them. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for who you are and what you're doing. Lord, we know it's you and not us. Lord, we are just your children, your servants that desire to please you, that desire to do your will. And we want, Lord God, your will to be done. We want your kingdom to come. And Lord, tonight we want all that we've heard to resonate, to be engrafted in our hearts, to grow and produce good fruit. Lord, I thank you for this family that you've sent to us tonight. For Lord, it's all you're doing and nothing we have done. But Lord, we will do everything that we can do naturally and spiritually to let them know that we love them and direct them and lead them and teach them about you. I pray tonight, Lord God, that your hand will be upon that family. Your blessings will flow in their life. You will reveal more of yourself to them and you will continue to do a great work in their life in this church. Oh God, we pray tonight your blessings to flow freely and that your will be done. God, as we go our separate place of dwelling, we pray your protection. We pray that your mercy will continue to be upon us and that you will keep us from all danger, from all harm, until we come back together again. We give you praise and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say, in Jesus' name. Don't forget the offering basket is there. If you want to give an offering toward our building fund, you know we're in the process of doing our thing. Please give an offering before you leave. God bless you. Have a great day. It's great and your heart is kind For all your goodness I will keep on singing Tell thousand reasons for my heart to find Bless the Lord, oh my soul